So mm. these are these are dates, even. These are celebrations that are, you no longer have. Um, and people, if they don't oh, just, like look at it and see how profound it is, um, you know, it makes sense of why they're so upset because that sense of hopelessness, I guess, essentially, um, if they can't make sense of it, they, they dwell in it and they stay in it. Welcome to the Neuro Experience. I am your host, Louisa Nicola. I am a mathematician, former Australian triathlete and neuro performance coach. I am your brain coach. I know what it takes to succeed at the highest levels and I'm here to show you how to get from where you are to where you want to be. This show is designed to teach you scientific mental strategies that you can use and implement to get results fast. So expect to be fearless, take notes and take action. Let's get into it. Neuro athletes, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 24 of the Neuro Experience. I am Louisa Nicola. I'm very humbled and excited for this episode. As promised, I'm delivering on the expertise of every second episode that I release where I sit down in a Q&A with a trained expert, whether that's a doctor or a very highly specifically trained expert in a specific field when it comes to mental performance. And today, I really designed this well because something that's been, um, you know, on my mind for a very long time is the psychology of a person during a breakup phase. Now, I was fortunate enough uh, to contact a long-term friend of mine who is now a psychotherapist. She has trained, um, at, obviously, at a master's level at university, and she now deals with clients specifically in the areas of breakups and breakthroughs. And I really wanted, you know, I traveled to sit down and have a chat with her about what happens to a human in their mind when they break up with a person, whether they initiated the breakup or whether they were broken up with, it fascinates me because it fascinates me to see how somebody can be flying high in their mentality, in their physical self, in you know their health, their wellness, uh, they're going amazing at their career and then as soon as their love life goes to shambles, as soon as they're broken up with, even if the relationship was toxic, even if this person wasn't the right person to them, why they seem to just go down south. And I'm sure every single person listening to this right now has experienced that. And it's really nice to sit down and understand what um, what we can be doing when we go through this. Because, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you've been broken up with, whether you've had your heart ripped out, the beauty of it is once you have had that done and once you deal with it, it's probably the best lesson that you've ever learned. I always say that when you go through absolute heartbreak, it's the best lesson because it leads you to somewhere that you're meant to be. And, you know, from a spiritual perspective, I believe that we all end up with the person that we're meant to be. There's this growing concern, you know, especially with social media and especially with, um, you know, what I find people in their age 20 to 30 is this whole breakup scenario and the sort of mental state that somebody goes through when they go through a breakup whether it's a divorce whether it's just breaking up from a a relationship and you see the kind of you know you see the phases that they go through you know the first phase is they completely freak out the second phase is um, you know they start to use their rational mind 
what do you, you know, you're a psychotherapist. I, I guess from your perspective, what do you think, you know, goes on in somebody's head during that time? Yeah, I think what goes on in their head is very dependent on what they've been through, for one. Yeah. So um, I think that sometimes a lot of people react in a certain way because of who they've got around them or what access they have to help. Some people don't um, seek therapy, which I always think if the breakup's bad enough is the best option because sometimes burning out your friends, your friends' biased opinions, things like that will yeah. always um, have an effect on, on your ability to heal. But, yeah, I guess understanding what that person has been through personally in that particular breakup is really important and dependent on how they'll deal with it. So when you come to psychotherapy, because obviously whatever's happened, the best option for you is to seek help, a therapist will, a good therapist, who knows, every therapist um, varies in how good they are or what sort of um, modes they use to to look and help people. But, uh, you know, my personal um, approach is uh, with breakups is looking at people's situation from a loss perspective, which sounds really strange at first because uh, like gr- they have to grieve a loss. Yeah, it's yeah. a grief therapy. Yeah. So treating people from a grief therapy because um, a lot of times people are struggling with their breakup because they're struggling to understand it. So a grief therapy works on um, helping people understand, um, you know, their, their heartache. So grief therapy is really good. So that's saying to the person – you know, you have this right to be upset or to not be coping because essentially um, there's intangible things that have happened. You have, you have lost things that people can't even see. So mm. these are these are dates even. Mm. These are celebrations that are, you no longer have. Um, and people, if they don't oh, just, like look at it and see how profound it is, um, you know, it makes sense of why they're so upset because that sense of hopelessness, I guess, essentially – um, if they can't make sense of it, they, they dwell in it and they stay in it. So when you come and you work on things and you're able to see them um, in, a, in a, a broader light, I guess, um, you're able to you're able to understand them a bit better. And I think that's really important for people to move forward. So they have understand now I've lost, I've lost dates. I've lost celebrations. Um, what about the physical aspect of like I now go to places alone? I mm. used to go to places um, in a duo things like that. So the grief therapy helps you work through and says you're entitled to, um, you know, feeling up this upset, but here's maybe why. So now people have got a bit of understanding about, oh, okay, yep, I'm, I'm entitled. I don't have to be, feel crazy anymore about why I'm so upset. But then you have to welcome um, the sort of aspect of, well, do you have the skills now to um, control your emotions? And I think emotional intelligence is really, really important to a breakup. So that's sort of saying to somebody, um, all right, I'm really, really angry because whatever my scenario was has left me, left me angry. But are you in control of your emotions or are your emotions in control of you? So I think psychotherapy really helps somebody sort of say, um, well, at the moment, I kind of think that your emotions are in control of you. And um, is the emotion you're exerting, is it, is it relatable to how you're feeling? Mm. Okay. Or is it going to welcome the healing that you need? So I guess that comes down to what I believe, and that is you don't have the power to change your world until you truly know who you are. Meaning, if you know who you are, if you are really self-aware, you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are, then you can accept what has happened. You can accept that, okay, great, this path wasn't right for me. 
this is my future. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah definitely self awareness is exactly that. But like that's that's a very hard thing to have a hold of when you're in pain, etc. And it's like your mind just goes. Yeah, through. some of the strongest people yeah. could crumble when they've gone through a breakup. You know, mm. these really self aware people and things like that. And I don't think that saying that, hey, aren't you so um, self actualized? Don't you have this great sense of yourself? How come you're not coping? Um, you know. Sometimes it's just situationally you need to um, – I love existential therapy, which is where you um, just need to make meaning of happenings. So once they're, once you've made meaning of them, they are able to pass through you and be done. So I'm a really strong person, but oh, I've been knocked around by this and I'm acting this way because of this breakup that's nothing of my usual tendencies. Existential therapy will sit down and focus on the why. So it'll say to you, you know, why did this happen to me? Why am I coping so bad? It helps you understand all the why aspects. And once you're able to work through all the whys and gather them together and make some real sense of it, you're able to sort of close that door. And so I think existential therapy is really good for those people who come along and say, oh, I'm really embarrassed because I'm usually, I'm the strong one. Um, I'm the one who's got everything together and then this breakup's really, or they're usually the people who aren't telling you what's going on because they're, the, they are being so strong you know, face to face and things like that. I absolutely love this. See, guys, it's not always about putting that strong face on. It's about really understanding the why, because more often than not, it's not about the other person and it's about you. So it's all about ripping the mask off, getting really clear with who you are so you can move on, you can be happy and you can regain that strength that you once had. So I, I love what Talia just said there, especially about the why. So existential therapy has a, a really good cause there because, yeah, I think even the strongest people who know who they are can cannot cope mm. sometimes. So if somebody comes to you and says, I'm not, you know, I'm a professional or, you know, I'm just a, I work nine to five in the corporate world. I'm not dealing right now. I've broken up with my long-term boyfriend for the last four or five years. Um, I'm not coping. I need someone to help me through it. What's the first initial reaction that they should be you know what's the first mm. thing that they should be doing well i mean i would i focus very much so on the language that they're using so somebody's saying to me oh you know i'm not dealing because i'm really bad at this and this is um i'm just not coping. i'm a professional and i'm usually so and i think oh, okay this person obviously has a really strong self um you know self-identity but they're obviously attached their problem to their identity so here's somebody who's sort of saying my problem is my identity and that's just not so for me i would sort of say to them oh you know let's separate this problem from your identity because right now i'm, I'm hearing that they're sort of the one mm. and people's problems aren't their identity so that's sort of saying to them maybe you're not um bad at relationships maybe you're not this maybe you're not that it's probably best that you stop using those those phrases because you're going to believe them but also let's take it away and say I am I'm not bad at relationships I just really struggle to stay long-term committed because of the patience it takes I'm really bad with patience mm -hmm. and then you can work at the real problem because you're not bad at relationships you've had something damage your ability to be patient with people and mm -hmm. it's time to map so that's when you sit down and sort of talk to somebody and map out where this comes from because what happens in sometimes therapy is that people scratch the surface and they survive off that until the next thing happens and what really should happen is that you should come and it's forever forward is that why you see people going through a cycle of dating the same person 
yeah. over and over and ending up in the exact same position. Absolutely. Because, because they haven't dealt with it. Yeah, they've dealt with that one, but they've never dealt with the underlying issues that bring them to the next one <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the same behaviours are happening. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see, obviously, um, and this is talking, it doesn't matter how old they are, but the younger demographic, the rise of social media, being able to see now your ex mm. living their life. Um, do you think that plays a major role in the emotions of that person? Oh, yeah, out of sight, out of mind back in the day. Yeah, that's <laughs> a very good um, analogy, out of sight, out of mind. Out of, yeah, definitely. But um, social media is its own head case, isn't it? Oh, and it's terrible. it's affecting people on so many, so many levels. But, yeah, absolutely, I think that... Um, the more you're able to be involved with it and attach yourself to it, yeah, the harder the process is going to be, the longer the process is going to be. So, you know, do yourself some sort of clear favours there. But I feel like um, that's really, really obvious to some people and really not to others. So um, what I want to draw attention to there is that why is it why is it so hard for you to uh, break from that or why is it so easy for you to attach to it? Mm. So instead of focusing, saying, oh, um, you know, just drop off the face of the social media that'll help you well no it won't really because the problem is is that you could put up with pain you could put up with viewing pain you were fine with following them and needing to see them work, work on that so you can have social media and you've worked on once again the real issue it's um it's harder for people to address what's really going on than than they think <laughs> but there is a sense of detoxing from your ex like deleting them off social media not deleting yourself yeah. just let's delete you off social media so i don't have to see what's going on let's delete you off instagram off facebook um, off snapchat all of the different mediums and i absolutely agree and if it helps and it does the trick you know great but i just don't think that um that's the reason why you shouldn't go and seek you know um, why you were once following them and punish yourself looking at their page or, or whatever you were doing beforehand because if that was an issue um you know just just look at it just address it because there's a possibility you might overcome it yeah. um say that's that scenario what you were saying before where you um you get over this scenario but you go back it happens again and, you, and you're doing it why not try and work at eliminating it you know and having a new skill set in psychotherapy is called positive psychology and it's one of it's, an, it's another favorite um model of mine where you look at your strengths to survive as opposed to your weaknesses to overcome wow so, so um a lot of therapists and have many different ways that are very effective that focus on um, your weaknesses to overcome your situation but then there are therapists out there who've studied specifically um positive psychology and they focus on working on your strength so that you can uh, overcome any weakness. Now, this to me seems more logical. This means... Wait, let's... So a strength, let's, you know, for example, let's say Janet, her strength is, um, you know, give me an example of this just so we understand. Yeah. Um, well, somebody's gone through a breakup, etc. Yeah. but they're really good... Um, uh, with they've got great sense of humor and they have a wide network of friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, or you know uh, they've got this great job that they're not flourishing in because of this breakup, etc. So they come along and instead of working on the breakup, mm-hmm. we strengthen those areas. Like we we work on finding out what their strengths are mm-hmm. and harnessing them while growing them or seeing how they can be expanded in other ways to overcome. Uh, things like breakups, etc. But what you've essentially done is you haven't focused on the problem or the weakness. You focused on the strengths. You've made them more aware of their own strengths that they were overlooking because they were so fixated on their weakness. Mm-hmm. And then 
that sort of says no matter what weakness, no matter what harm comes to you, a situation comes to you, or weakness as such, you've worked on your strengths. It, you can take on any weakness. The problem is, is working with weaknesses is that um, problems can happen to us any day. So what are we going to do? Address every problem, mm. address every illness or weakness. This is a long way to go through life. Mm. Whereas working on strengths to the point where anything confronts you and you have a skill set to nearly address, hopefully, you know, anything, mm. this is this is time better better put to use. <laughs> I think that comes as well with gratitude, you know, practicing gratitude mm-hmm. through meditation. But whenever you're grateful, I always say grateful people can't be unhappy because when you're grateful you think mm. I've got my health I've got my career I've got my friends whatever you're grateful for so it gives you that that yes. inner strength and if you focus on that you know setting aside like and we'll go into more constructive means in a second but setting aside you know five minutes three times a day and just thinking about what you're grateful for yeah gratitude is it gratitude is wonderful it's an um it's an attitude as, as such do you get mm. me attitude and perspective are probably the most important important things in life mm. and they're everything to the way we exist and the day we live out so um, and gratitude is an attitude if you ask me yeah um so yeah absolutely i completely agree with you like yeah. looking i don't want to tell people that they can't grieve or like have the right to feel upset because of something because there's people who are for, like worse off or far worse off but it is a little bit to that point. It is a little bit of perspective, a little bit of gratitude. Um, don't go through this, oh, well, it could be worse, I could be this, I could be that, because that's not fair to put yourself through things that aren't happening and and comparing to people who are worse off. But definitely it's, it's gratitude that will help you get through a lot of things. <laughs> definitely. And just back to when you were saying, you know, you know, your strengths outweigh your weaknesses and focus on that. Do you suggest that anybody who's got, even anyone that's not even going through a breakup, anyone that's going through a hard time, getting a pen and paper, really realistically putting down three or four points that they are absolutely fantastic in and just work on those on a daily basis? Yep, you would do it in therapy if it were applicable to the um, client at any time. Mm-hmm. Brainstorm and map with them. Um, talk about the times that they were particularly coping and find out what strengths they were using to get through that time or why it was so easy and great. And say, so, well, what were you drawing on? You might have, like, sometimes people are um, sort of unaware and you're just bringing them to their awareness. They go, well, how come when you when you lost a grandparent and you're pulling your family together um, that you were the ever, rock that everyone lent on? What sort of strengths were people relying on for that you were that person? Help them talk about that, you know, and bring that to light because they're overlooking them in their own time of need. What about someone who has hate in their system? Because a lot of people, when they go through a, a divorce or a separation, have a, you know have a negative perspective on the person that they've just left or the person that's broken up with them. So they've got this inner hate and this inner, I guess, drive to, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't believe that hate is ever a good thing. So... What would you suggest for somebody who's got that inside them and they just, they hate their ex completely? Oh, I think hate has a lot of ownership. Mm. And I, in, in therapy, essentially, when you someone's got to take ownership of something, you rely, I believe, on gestalt therapy, which is kind of confrontational therapy as such. So it's sitting the person down and, and they have to be at a stage where they're ready because usually um, that, people are in a case of denial when they first come to you 
or not ready to sort of work on those sorts of things or change their mind. They have to be willing to change, etc. But consult therapy sits the person down, helps them take ownership of how they're feeling. No, and not to lay blame or say, well, this is your fault. It's just to help them realize that if they have senses that they don't want to feel, that they're the only sort of person that can change them. Um, and consult therapy sort of just asks really abrupt like questions about, well, you know, how, how are you going to get rid of hate and what, what's hate doing for you? Mm. And so do you enjoy what hate brings to your life? So what are you going to do about the things that to limit, to eliminate the hate? Because I think whilst you put your healing in somebody else's hands, it's really not going to happen, either, is it? That's just like saying when you put your happiness in somebody else's hands. You know, when you, a lot of people believe that, oh, when my ex finally does this that's when i'll be happy it's yeah yeah that's putting yourself right. up for failure yeah absolutely but so yeah you get you get them to sort of sit down and you tell them what could you what would you say if you could just if you need to vent about it get it out like the empty chair scenario where you mm. say what you want to them and you get it out it's ask them how they feel you connect it all so they can sort of release the hate and get rid of it mm. um and and you work through it like that but hate's hard so you've this you know, everything that you know now as a psychotherapist, you've done a lot of study, you've done a lot of research. What has led you to this place? I'm guessing you've been through your own pathway that's led here, your own heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it, a lot of why I wanted to delve in and cared about the whole mental health and psychotherapy thing has come from um, some of my own experiences. But I do study with a lot of people who have had no stimulation in their life to end up in, in the same degree as me. Mm. But, um, yes, for me, it's sort of particularly like why I like systemic therapy and family therapies because I think, um, you know, my family and things like that has had my reasoning for being where I am. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you want me to go there. Well, the thing is a lot of people believe that when you're, in, when you're going through any challenge, you believe you're the only person in the world going through it. You, mm. you think you're alone. So what I think is really important is to draw on the fact that mm. everybody goes through their own demons, no matter what you see. You know, we spoke about social media. Mm -hmm. It's like no matter what you see on social media, no matter what somebody else portrays, yes. you like, can't compare your situation to somebody else's. Yeah, well, a mental health centre sort of place at the moment where stigma's really getting... Out, going out the window like you know um depression yeah. and things like that it's really viral and aware mm. which is which is good because people are sort of um not feeling as alone anymore and things like social media have their great aspects to it where they actually yeah. uh, bring people together who aren't who are going through the same thing and they're able to rely on each other and whatnot and that's and that's good as well but um i don't have a really good um like perception that um, Facebook and things like that are a great way to vent or heal. However, I do like that, that that people are finding some sort of solace in those groups or whatever, but they just cannot provide what, what therapy can. Absolutely. But um, I think, yeah, stigma is definitely going out the window. People are getting uh, becoming more okay about talking about their problems. Um, I just never want uh, social media just, or the, what it can provide to override, you know, the extensive sort of art that counselling and therapy is today, uh, especially because it keeps like they, they keep providing us with new material and mo models that they're discovering. And with the change of people, with the rise of social media, we're doing now learning about the effects that it's having on people and how to deal with people who are purely affected by 
by social media because mm. you're getting these clients and their whole problem is only that mm. this per- perfectly functioning being and the only thing is sort of happening for them is the effect that social media is having out in their life so it'll never be able to like no group or social media will be able to actually replace <laughs> what therapy does absolutely i guess you know just to wrap up this is you know this has been amazing and I think just to wrap up, if there's anybody now listening, okay, who is just fresh from a breakup, they're feeling alone, they've got, you know, anxious thoughts, what is the thing that you would tell them immediately? What's the number one thing you would say, this is what you should be doing today to get back on the road of um, recovery? My first thought, if I was going through something that was hard, is to seek therapy. That's not just because I'm a therapist, but I know I've I've had therapy before I became a therapist myself and I sought it immediately when I felt overwhelmed by something I thought this is too hard for me to handle so how do I expect family or friends to cope with something that I can't Mm. um so I went immediately to therapy and it was exactly what I needed to do not I don't believe therapists need to have gone through what you've been through to be be relatable we're actually taught that no matter what somebody's been through you do not have to have been through the experience to relate to it but they have tools that taught me and helped me to cope with situations that no one was going to be able to. They hadn't the knowledge, that's all. And so if something is hard enough, if it's not a cry to a friend and it's not a phone call to mum, it's it's a therapist. Mm. It's just go to somebody to learn the tools, not forever. Go to somebody that you connect with, that you resonate with, that after you leave, you're behaving different in every way positive that has an effect on you profoundly because otherwise I, I don't think you'll get that from your first session. It could be progressive, but you know, if it's not happening two or three sessions in like there's counselors, you can just find a mismatch counselor, but I just think it's therapy, therapy, therapy. Yeah. And you, you think that therapy will obviously everything we talk about is mental fitness, mental performance. You think that with ongoing therapy, you're just strengthening that aspect of your mind. Yeah. So then in the, latter years of your life you can overcome any Mm. challenge find your therapist find your good therapist that's going to connect with you that's going to pass you on skills that are going to change your life so you don't have to have to see them again (laughs) like therapists don't want to have a client for 20 years they do not want to see that their goal is not short term if somebody's got trauma and things like that but their goal is that they pass on skills um they might not even have themselves you don't know (laughs) they're just taught these skills they hope um, that they adapt them in their own lives. I guess there's a bit of um, stigma that psychologists carry that they should be so perfectly functioning and things like that, then bad things can't happen in their life, which is not true. But go and see somebody who can pass on skills and wisdom that just change you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Louisa Nicola. I greatly appreciate your time. If you could go through, please, and rate this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me. Have a fantastic day.